going to be in chapter one. So encouraging to see you all. Thanks for the way that you love one another. Um, so excited about just the, just the evolution of what God's done in the nation of Haiti. So um, Gary, Lynette, team, thank you for um, every prayer that's been prayed, every gift, every donation, all of those things are a, a fragrant aroma um, to the king. Uh, that really does fit in with the theme of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what does it mean to be a global family on missions. So we're going to talk about some things that God is doing in the world. And Jen and I are fresh off of our trip to Cape Town, South Africa. And so um, man, it was an amazing privilege to be there, uh, to represent you all on a really a global kind of stage. And there are so many people that you have never met that love you and that are praying for you around the globe. People from Kenya all the way to um, just Nepal, India, all around the globe. People send their love and their greetings. So you're going to get to hear uh, from some of those folks this morning. And um, one of the one of the challenges, though, going to South Africa from Jonesboro uh, is the travel. So, I mean, we spent about 80 hours traveling, and that's every bit as long as it sounds. And uh, when you have 80 hours of travel, you do some things that you don't normally do, uh, including watching some movies uh, that, that I probably normally wouldn't watch. Um, so, uh, do we have any WWE fans in the audience? All right, all right, all right. So, uh, yeah, this is, this. I mean, maybe when I was like a young teenager, I could see some WWE, but there was a movie that was on the plane called Fighting with Family, and it has this strong cameo appearance from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So any, any rock fans out there? All right. So anyway, it's the story of... Uh, a brother and sister who are part of a wrestling family. So, um, yeah, this is what you do just to try to keep yourself awake so that you can uh, make the trip. But anyway, this brother and sister are uh, wanting this to follow this dream to wrestle in the WWE. And um, as the story unfolds, the sister ends up being more talented than the brother. And there's a little bit of sibling rivalry and um, the, the sister ends up traveling to the United States to pursue her dream of wrestling in the worldwide, what is it, entertainment? Is that right? Okay. So she, she's on that track, and he is stuck in England, and he is actually running a, a wrestling school that actually helps underprivileged kids um, kind of find their way in the world. And so it actually is this really beautiful thing, but there's kind of the climax of the movie uh, the, the sister tells the brother, just because what you're doing doesn't happen in front of millions of people doesn't mean that it's not significant, you know? And so I don't know if it was me being tired or whatever, but I mean, like, tears literally started running down my face. Um, and I said, that's exactly right, right? Most of the most important things in life don't happen in front of a crowd. They happen right? They happen in the margins, and they happen behind the scenes, and that's exactly what the church is all about. 
This morning, we're going to talk about, for the next few minutes, what it means for us to be a church. What does it mean for us to be a part of a global family on mission? And just because we're not doing this on a stage in front of millions of people doesn't mean that it's not the most significant work that God has ever called us to. It is the highest privilege for us to be a member of God's church, God's family, and to be a part of God's mission. And we're going to see that from Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. So if you have your Bibles open and you're able, would you stand with me as we draw attention to God's Word? Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. All right, you may be seated. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that in these few moments that you would capture our heart with a vision for our lives that's much bigger than just living for our own individual stories, that we would get caught up in your big story and what you're doing in this city and what you're doing in the world. Thank you for the privilege of doing it with people that we love. Um, We don't take it for granted that there's affection in this room. We don't take it for granted that there's partnership in this room. I pray that you would add even more to our number as we seek to see your glory go from Jonesboro to the ends of the earth and back. In Jesus' name, amen. So I love the book of Philippians. We're going to be here for most of the rest of the summer because it's a real picture of a real church that's making a real difference. Um, But it's not a perfect church. Um, This is a church that's trying to grow in its discipleship. I mean, there are people that don't like each other very much inside of this church. And so... The thing that's most encouraging is their impact on the world. Um, Paul says that they shine like stars in the midst of a crooked generation. They're outstanding, but they're not perfect. And their impact is not based on their performance or how well they're doing. Their impact is based on the grace of God. And that's our story as a local church. If you've been here for more than a week or two, you'll realize that we don't have it all together. But the good thing for us to build our lives on is that the grace of God allows us to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. And that's what it's all about. We are all partakers of grace. And as really as I look out at my generation and the generation that's coming along behind me, The thing that I notice the most is this is a generation that longs to know who they are. They want someone to come alongside and say, this this is what you were created for. 
This is something worth living for, and this is something worth dying for. This is a generation that wants to live with passion and with purpose. And so we're going to look at a couple of things from Philippians 1, verses 1 through 8. We're going to see, are there some non-negotiables as we define what does it mean to be a church, right? Intrinsically, we all know that church is more than just a building, right? It's more than just the programs that go on. It's more than just gathering inside this room to sing some songs together and maybe listen to a guy preach for a couple of minutes. Intrinsically, we know that the church is much more than that, but when we, when we try to define what it is, sometimes we get a little bit fuzzy. So Philippians is a great book to help us kind of get under the hood and and understand what the church is all about. And then we're going to talk about what does it mean for us to be a global family on mission. And what I love about the the book of Philippians and what I love about chapter 1 in particular is it highlights just the beauty and the intricate relationships that make up a church. And it makes up, it helps us to understand who the church is and what we are called to do. And if there's anything that you walk away with this morning, I hope you realize that there is no such thing as an ordinary church, right? The church is God's idea. The church is God's passion. The church is called his bride. It is who God has created us to be. And that's, that's what we see. Look at verse 1. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. So who is the church? The church are the saints. They are, that word literally means the holy ones. That means that that is the status that they have because they're in Jesus Christ. They possess His righteousness, His holiness. But it also means that the church are people that are set apart by God and they're people that are set apart for God. So what's going on this morning here in this context is anything but ordinary. We are a group of people, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, and if you haven't, you get a chance this morning to get in on this, that we have been set apart by God and we have been set apart for God to be his people and to fulfill his purposes all the way to the ends of the earth, right? There's nothing ordinary about what's going on here this morning. That was true of what was going on in Philippi, and that's true of what's going on here. We are not some random collection of people, right? Most of us, if I, I know a lot of your stories, like we're from all different parts of the country, yet God has brought us all together here in this moment, in this city, to do something significant, right? So the, the church is God's people, the saints, but then there's this other thing that sometimes we like to apologize for, but it's, it's a group of people with leadership, right? So it says this, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons. And so um, we live in a leadership-averse culture, right? Sometimes we want to kind of duck around that, but really it is the glory of a people to have leadership that comes alongside. And, and I love the, just this biblical picture. It's the word, it's with the overseers and deacons. It's not like the overseers and the deacons are over the church. They're with the church, coming alongside. And 
Um, there's two layers of leadership that's kind of revealed here, and that's kind of how we structure ourselves as a church. There's overseers. Other places, they're called elders. And then it also says we have deacons. Overseers or elders are those that oversee the church, and they lead the church, and they feed the church through teaching, and they protect the church from outside influences that are unhealthy. And then the deacons are those individuals who come along and they lead the church through their serving gifts, right? So deacons, um, a church that is led and overseen by elders and deacons that are flourishing causes a people to flourish. So I would encourage you to pray for the leaders of this church. This, this just gives me an opportunity. If you serve as an elder, elder's wife, deacon, would you just stand up? These folks are worthy of honor. Can we just thank them for the role that they play inside this church? Well done. Aaron and Aaron, you could have stood up too. Um, thank you so much for all of the investment that you're making. Right? There are leaders inside the church. But then I think this is what makes this place special. Not only are there the people of God with leadership, but they are governed by affectionate relationships. Look at verses 7 and 8. I think by God's grace, this is what's true of us as a people. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in defense and the confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. A church is not just merely a collection of people with leadership, but it also is governed by affectionate relationships, right? And and it's amazing what Paul says here. He says, I yearn for you with the affection of of Christ Jesus. I feel and I love you the way that Jesus loves you, right? And the only way that we can say things like that and not just get into sentimentality or, you know, just something that you would want to put on a Christian t-shirt, the way that we do that is that we realize this truth that we have a functional understanding of the grace of God, that we are all partakers of grace. We all need grace. We all stand in grace. We're never going to outgrow our need for grace. And when you realize that grace levels the playing field, right, you can actually love one another, not because of what people do, not because of their track record, but you can love them because that's the grace that we all stand in. And that's how the church becomes not just this loose collection of people, but a group of people that love to be together. They love one another. They live in affectionate relationships. And listen, over the last couple of months, Every conversation that I've had with people, it doesn't matter if that was in South Africa, it doesn't matter if that was right here in this city, loneliness is a huge deal for everyone, right? People long to be part of a group of people that love one another with real and genuine affection. And so part of our, our mission as a local church is 
to invite people into the relationships that we already experience, right? To look outside of ourselves and to allow people that are looking. It says in the, in the book of Psalms that God places the lonely in families, right? That's what we have the privilege and the opportunity to do as a local church, to invite people into life-giving, affectionate relationships. But then, and this is what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about, verse 5 says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So the church... God's people organized with leadership, living in affectionate relationships with one another for gospel partnership. And Aaron did an outstanding job unpacking this last week. If you didn't have a chance to listen to it, I I mean, it's one of the best teachings I've heard on this topic. Go back and listen to it. But a partnership is, it literally means what we're going to share together. We share our time and our resources and our gifts, and we come together to reach both the neighborhoods of Jonesboro and the nations, right? A church without a mission really is just an empty building, or at best, a, a support group for people to come so that they can feel good about themselves. But what God invites us into is to become a group of people that share in both affectionate relationships and genuine mission and partnership to reach the world. Um, God's been so kind to us in just in the way that he's built this church together. And so I want to talk just a few minutes about why this actually matters. Why does partnership matter? We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about our global mission, how we can come together to reach both the neighborhoods and the nations. Why is it important for us to be a part of a global family on mission? Why is it important for us to partner with people around the world? Well, first reason it's important is because it protects us from the characteristic blindness of Western culture, right? Um, It helps us, (laughs) as we look outside of ourselves, to see what really matters in the world. So when we gather together with people from other nations, like what comes to the center is what's essential. Things like prayer. Things like the power of the Holy Spirit. Things like reaching lost people that are far from Jesus. And you know what fades to the background? Preferences. Like, doctrinal differences that people fight about on Twitter, right? I mean, those things fade to the background, right? Because what's essential is the gospel of Jesus Christ going forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it helps us to take our eyes off of our own cares and concerns, and we actually need people to help us to become who God's created us to be. Every step that we've taken, in whether it's the nation of Haiti or India or Nepal or any of these places that you're going to hear about, we learn far much more than we're able to deposit, right? I mean, we go in a selfish way to open our eyes to what's really true about God and what's really true about the world. We don't go to save them. We go so that this world in our own context would lose its grip and its power on us. So it helps us with our own blind spots. But also Jesus has given us this great commission 
to see the gospel go to the ends of the earth. And no matter how faithful one individual local church is, right, our impact is going to be limited. So when we partner together with other churches, and we're going to talk a little bit about our partnership with the Advance Global Movement. It's a movement of 115 churches, five continents. And what we do is we partner together with our gifts, our time, our resources. We sacrifice to be together. We sacrifice to plant churches and see churches strengthened all over the globe. That's to help us to finish and take seriously God's call to see the Great Commission fulfilled in our generation. We can't do this alone. And the truth is we are absolutely better together. Right? 